glad you guys are here. Hey, we are in a series called God Understands. God Understands, right? We go about our lives really wanting people to understand us, right? Like some of y'all have best friends, right? Most of you have best friends. If you don't have a best friend, uh, you see Sal right here. Sal will be your best friend, all right? But you have a best friend mostly because you both understand each other. Some of y'all are so close. Some of y'all are like besties for life that you kind of know what each other are thinking. Like if y'all got put in a situation, right, y'all don't even have to like do sign language or like like use words just by like a certain look. You know what I'm saying? You kind of know what each other are thinking, right? Some of y'all got secret hand. Who's got a secret handshake? You know what I'm saying? You got secret handshakes. Y'all got best friends because they understand you. I When I initially wrote this series, it was this question of, I know people understand because they're people, but I wonder, I wonder how God understands. How does God understand me? How does God understand what I'm going through? You know, he's not physically here. He, you know, he's not standing next to me waiting for the bus to come and it's raining outside, right? Like, he's, where is he at? How does he understand how I'm feeling? And so far throughout the series, we talked about uh, uh, doubt, right? We talked about guilt, right? Uh, tonight, I want to talk about an emotion that some of us, some of us, we need to control a little bit. And I'm pointing all the fingers back at me. The title of my message today is God Understands When We Are Angry. When we're angry. Y'all ever been, like, okay, there's, like, annoyed, there's frustrated, but y'all ever been so mad that, like, anything in that moment kind of just launches you and sets you off? Here's what I mean by that. Y'all ever been mad, right? Something happened, got your argument, your parents yelled at you, you're just mad, you're upset, right? And you, like, are walking to your room, and your shirt catches a door handle? You know what I'm talking about? And then you're just, like, you start swinging on the door, right? You're, like, that mad, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, who's done that? Have you ever been so mad and, like, you stub your toe or something? Or, like, you, you hit your shin or your elbow, and it's just, like, one of those things you're like, Aah! like, you want to say words, but you can't because your mom's in the other room, right? You ever been so mad that you get in your room, you close that door, and you mumble all the things you wish you could have said to your mom, right? And then you're like, oh, my gosh, did she hear me? No, she didn't hear you. You mumbled under your bed. Bet you won't say it to her face. I'm just playing. Don't. She'll kill you, right? Like, I've been that mad. I've been mad to where, like, if I'm frustrated or I'm just having a bad day and, like, I take a corner too, too close and my shoulder bumps the wall, like, I immediately want to tear the building down. I'm like, this stupid wall, why is it in my way? You know, like, I've been that mad. Who's ever been that mad? All y'all. All y'all at some point. Maybe not Pastor Ariel. I don't think she's ever been that mad. Or she hasn't told me. She's like, yeah, I've wanted to kill you a few times. Right? Like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's, that's horrifying. We live together. No, y'all haven't been that. I've been that mad. I've been so mad. So this is Pastor Ariel's favorite story right now. You should ask her about it because she'll probably just cry laughing and not even be able to tell you. But we were painting Dottie's room before she was born. And real talk, I was just, I hate painting. I hate it. <laughs> hate it. I hate painting. So next time we paint, uh, who likes painting? 
All right, 20 bucks. I'll pay all of you 20 bucks to paint the house. All right, I hate painting. And so, like, the reason why I hate painting is because, like, there's all this prep you got to do. Like, if you don't want to get paint everywhere, you got to put stuff down. And, like, the paper gets everywhere. It's just a mess. Paint gets on stub. And then, like, I'm so bad at painting that Pastor Ariel gets annoyed with me because I spill paint everywhere. I get it on myself. I get it on her. I get it on Darla. It's just a bad time. And I remember we had spent hours painting hours. I was so ready to be done with it that I went and bought a machine at, uh, shout out to Lowe's. Where's, where's David? Is David here? Yeah, shout out to Lowe's. Not here. All right. He works at Lowe's. And it's the machine that pumps the paint into the roller so you don't have to like keep dipping it and do it. You just keep going. I was like, this is amazing. This guy needs a Nobel Peace Prize. I don't know why. He just needs something. He needs a prize. And Darla came in the room, our, our cute, amazing, fun dog, and she's so happy to see us. And when dogs are happy, normally they, they wiggle, they wag their tails. Darla just so happened on the freshly painted wall that I had just spent hours doing, decided to show her excitement by wiggling her butt all up and down the wall. I remember being so mad. Some of y'all have not been this mad, but some of y'all have. I was so mad that all, the only thing that came out of my mouth were just noises, and I, I threw a tantrum. I was like, <laughs> like, she, Ariel, I was so mad. I was literally stomping like that, like this. I'm a grown man, stomping. That's how mad I was. That's how mad I was. And she didn't at the time, but some of y'all have been so mad that if somebody laughs at you while you're mad, done, Right? You're like, no, no, murder, 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 murder. You're like, no. Like, if somebody laughs at you while you're mad, that sets me off, all right? Anybody with me? You're like, don't laugh at me when I'm mad. So Pastor Ariel knows me very well. She's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to laugh at him as he just threw a tantrum as a 29. She looks, she knows what I'm talking about. So literally like a week, she waited a week to really make sure I was over it. And we were in the car, right? Where were we? We were in the car. She goes, she goes, Chew, I have to tell you what you did the other week. It was so funny. And then before she told the story, she laughed for 20 minutes. But I remember being so mad. She laughed at me. But sometimes, like when we get mad at stuff, it's just laughable later. You're like, why was I even mad? But sometimes in life, like when we get mad, it's for a reason. And we kind of tend to hold on to it. Anybody ever done that? I've done that. I've been mad. I'm mad about the Boston Celtics uh, knocking the Bulls out of the playoffs. I think it was uh, with Rondo. And what year was that? KG? 2009. Oh, I was going to say 08, 09. I, I, till this day, I hate the Celtics. And we beat them the other day, so it's great. All right. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I've held on to that anger. The Lord's going to release it tonight. Amen? But how does God understand when I'm angry? I want to remind you today that God created you. All right? So let's just start there. God understands you because he created you. He knows everything about you. It's kind of scary sometimes, right? You're like, everything? Yes, everything, and he still loves you. The emotions that you and I have, they come from God. They come from God. He designed us to have these emotions. And so uh, he isn't surprised when we act out in these emotions at all. But how we handle those emotions are up to us, right? We got to handle ourselves correctly to answer the question of how does God understand when I'm angry further, I would say this. 
Throughout the Bible, we see God's righteous anger against his people when they sin and their enemies. So what am I saying? God gets angry. There you go. How does God understand how you feel? Because he feels it. Well, he created it. Okay? Like, he's the creator of it. He, he's, he's very angry when people sin. You see it all over the Old Testament. Like, people just die. All right? Uh, the whole world. Let's, let's talk about the flood for a second. Um, so he knows. Right? Even Jesus, in his righteous anger, did one of the most amazing things that I wish. Like, when I get to heaven, if they're like, you know, Pastor Izzy, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm going to be like, you're welcome for my service. Jesus, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to be like, thank you, I'm so unworthy. And he's like, hey, let's go back in time. Let's go on a trip. Like, pick any story in the Bible and we'll go. Like, some people are going to pick, like, David and Goliath, the walls of Jericho, right, the parting of the Red Sea. I'm like, bump all that. I'm trying to go ham with Jesus in the temple. Jesus, there's a story where Jesus shows up to the temple and sees that they've made it a den of thieves, is what he calls them. Basically, like, there's a bunch of merchants and shop owners that have made this temple of worship into a place where they would cheat people in order to give them... um, sacrifices for worship, birds, doves, donkeys, all that, goats, all that. And so they would cheat people. What did Jesus do in all his gangsterness? He went off. He started flipping tables. He's whipping donkeys. He's throwing chickens. Angry birds started in the Bible, right? He's going off. He tears that place up. And I like, I want to be in that story with him. Like, I think I would have gone a little bit too hard and Jesus would have been like, yo, 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 relax. Relax. It's like, my bad, I thought we were, we were doing it to the fullest. He's like, no, just get the donkey out of here, right? Like, so we see even Jesus has righteous anger. So like, so like anger isn't sin. I'm going to repeat that a lot tonight. It's what we do with that that can make it sinful. Makes sense. Jesus is the man clearing temples. I wonder how much he could bench press because that's crazy. Turning tables like that. So even Jesus got angry. Their anger is towards what? Sin. All right, so I guess there's a good, there's a good way of using anger. As we see, it's towards sin. Anger is a part of our emotional strong construct. So how do we handle it? How do we handle our anger? All right, some of y'all got anger issues like me. Tonight, we're going to look at how we can handle those things to keep us out of the hallway because y'all be getting kicked out of your class. Y'all are some hallway junkies just sitting there, right? Or the principal's office or the in-school suspension, um, the dean's office. Some of y'all know the dean by name. That's not good. <laughs> yeah, this is for you tonight, okay? Not <laughs> just play. So I want to talk about how to control our anger. I want to talk about how God understands the way we feel and how he can help us. Let's look at this verse real quick. If you got your Bible, say, oh, yeah. If you if you're ready to read it, say uh huh. I want you to turn to Proverbs twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> hey Patrick. Yeah, twenty five. I've been waiting for that all day. By the way, if you don't know what that is, you're wrong. Proverbs twenty five verse twenty eight. When you got it, say oh yeah. If you need a little bit more time finding Proverbs, say hold up. Okay. I'm going to read it. You should see it on the Sky Bible. We got it. There it is. If you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city 
without walls, open to attack. Leave that up there for a second. Did you hear that? Right? Did you hear that? Like a helpless city. So back then, right, there was this thing. I don't know. You know, it's happening today, but called war. And they would attack cities, okay? And a city with really high walls did a really good job at keeping people away. Okay, if you've seen the second Lord of the Rings movie, you would know what I'm saying, right? The best one. So this verse is telling us, hey, when you live a life of anger, when you're angry, when you cannot control your angry, your anger, you are as helpless as a city without walls. What does that mean? You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable to attack, ready to be invaded by the enemy. When we act out in anger, we open ourselves up to an attack from the enemy. The devil loves when we're angry. You want to know, I think he loves when we're angry the most out of all the things, that, out of all of our emotions. I think he likes anger the most because it propels us to do not smart things. Right? When we get angry, sometimes we don't think. There's something that we say almost all the time after argument or after fight, and you say things out of anger. Normally, you come back and you say, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to say that. I didn't mean to act out like that. I was just so angry. We, we just do that. And so let's look at this. Our anger doesn't produce anything good. So what the devil likes with anger is he likes to think we're getting stuff done when we're angry. Right? If you're bitter or you want revenge, like vengeance, like Batman with vengeance, right? Like if it's one of those things, uh, anger likes to disguise itself as progress. It's like, well, I've got to do something with this emotion, so let me do something with it. And most of the time, what we do with anger is only destructive. It's only bad. It destroys. It doesn't produce anything good. Getting even, getting even with the bully, getting even with your siblings, getting even with your parents, getting even with whoever, it feels good for that moment, but I promise you it will produce nothing good for you. Look what the Bible says about it. This is our verse for tonight. I really love this. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20. This is what we're going to be surrounding ourselves with tonight. God's word. It says this. Know this. That means pay attention. When you see that, pay attention. It says, know this. Everybody listen up. My beloved brothers and sisters, let every person... Be what? Quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So let's take a look at this passage and unlock the keys to controlling anger. Something that you and I, I'll say some of us, we may not ever arrive to, that this is something we have to practice. This is something that every day when I wake up to my sweet, kind, beautiful, amazing, talented, awesome, I hope you're listening, wife, <laughs> because she's so sweet. And when Ariel and I started dating, I realized I wanted to marry her because of the way she fought. And one of the best advice that I got from a mentor was, hey, when you're dating somebody, you want to marry them, you, you better be willing to marry the way they fight. You at least have to like the way they fight. I'm like, that's weird. 
I don't know if I like that, dude. Right? Like, I don't know. And I realized this. I needed to marry Pastor Ariel. Here's why. Because she doesn't fight. When Pastor Ariel and I get into an argument, because it happens, because we're human, all right? Most of the time, she gets sad. And then I look like a jerk. A big old booby jerk face. That's what I look like. That's what I look like. And I liked I like that because what it does is it, it disarms me. I'm like, I can't fight somebody that's not willing to fight back. I'm not that, I'm not a coward, right? I'm not a loser. I'm not going to fight somebody that has their hands down. And so it diffused me, and she knows this now. So now if I get a little hot and, 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 and ready to pop off, she just stays cool. She lets me do whatever I need to do, and then slowly but surely I realize I'm being a dumb butt. That's what I'm being, and it helps. And so I've learned how to control my anger through the Bible, but through my wife. I'm so thankful that God has placed somebody in my life that teaches me, that leads me as well. And so find you a boo that knows what to do. You know what I'm saying? So, bars. Bars. Mic drop. Number one, y'all ready? Keys to controlling anger. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. We're going to go through these. We're going to go through these. As you look at James 1.19, throw that verse back up there if you can. Know this, my beloved brothers and sisters. Let every person be what? Quick to hear. So the first key to controlling our anger is, number one, be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. You know, contrary to what you think you can do, it's impossible to listen and talk at the same time. And all my wives in the house say amen. All the wives. Not my wives. That's weird. We're saying Old Testament. Uh, all the wives are like, <laughs> all the wives are like, yeah. You listen. They're like nudging their husbands right now. If you got a boyfriend and you're like, yeah, listen to this. You can't listen and talk at the same time. You can hear. But there's a difference between hearing and listening. I hear you, but I'm not listening to you. You know what I'm saying? You can't do it at the same time. When someone like a sibling or a parent or friend does something, you guys get into an argument that makes you angry, it's very easy for us to shut our ears off. Right? It's easy for us. We don't want to what? We don't want to hear it. Right? Uh, that's something my mom used to be all, like, she used to say this all the time. She'd be like, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, but James 1, chapter, you know, chapter 119 says, Mom. And then she slaps me with the Bible that was in my hand. No. Be quick to hear. Be quick to hear. So um, a saying that someone said to me that I, I really try to practice um, that I think some of the leaders here have heard me say, but it's kind of like an Izzyism. I've made it an Izzyism, okay, Pastor Izzyism. It, it's this, seek first to understand, then to be understood. So when you're getting into an argument with a sibling, with a parent, with someone, and you're going back and forth, and, and Sal and I were talking about this today, and it's true what he said is like usually anger is a secondary emotion. Something made you angry. You felt a some type of way, and it made you this. It's, it's going to be really hard for us to get to the root of it if we don't listen, if we don't hear him out. If we don't hear, it says, it says be quick. Be quick while everything else is slow. This is the first thing you should do when you get into an argument. 
Or maybe you got into an argument and you guys kind of, you let each other, you know, get some space and cool off or it's been a week or whatever. And you go to like, you know, you start feeling bad. You're like, all right, all right, I'm going to go and try to figure this out, right? I'm going to go and try to make this relationship happen. And then you guys just end up arguing all over again, right? Has that ever happened to anybody? It's happened to me plenty of times. Most of the time, it's because I want it to be heard. I want it to be heard. I think anger and pride go hand in hand together because it's about you. It's about your feelings in that moment. It's about you. So I, 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 I read this. It says much of our anger comes from being self-centered and not other-centered. Most of our anger comes from being self-centered. So be quick to hear means you're putting others before you. This is really hard when you're really mad. The last thing you want to do is put somebody before you, bars. All right? Like, that's the last thing you want to do. Because anger makes it you focused. It's making it you focused. I'm telling you right now, you are going to avoid a lot of confrontation, extra confrontation, if you are to be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. Hear him out. Hear your brother out. Hear your sister out. Because they were angry and they cussed you out or they were angry and they broke something and they were angry and they slammed the door in your face or they hit you or whatever, right? Don't hit each other, guys. It's not nice, right? But something made them do that. I remember in college, my older brother and I, we got into a screaming match, right, over trash, over throwing out the trash in college, and we just, I mean, screaming. We're throwing stuff. Like, my, my poor roommate who is from Arkansas, like, like, who's never been around Hispanics, is like, what in the world? Why are they arguing over trash? I came to realize that my brother was going through a lot. He was feeling very uh, 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 overwhelmed with, with where we were at. Uh, we didn't have money for food in college. There wasn't a meal plan at the time. And so we were starving ourselves. It was awful. So long story short, he's got class, he's got girl issues, he's got all these things, and it just came out as anger about the trash. I remember stopping for a second and feeling the Holy Spirit be like, dude, hear him out. Hear him out. And in that moment, when I became quick to listen, I got to hear my brother's heart. And in that moment, we prayed. In that moment, we pulled out God's word and we read it. And it was an amazing moment of peace. And it was an amazing moment of release that would have never happened. And my brother and I got closer. It would have never happened. Would have never happened had I not been quick to hear. Some of the people that you're angry towards, they're going through something. And, and, and we hear like hurt people hurt people. And so that person that seems to pick or that sibling or whoever that, that makes you angry and you guys get into arguments, often, most likely, it's because they're hurt by something or someone. And God has put you in their path to be quick to hear. I wonder, I wonder if we could be quick to listen. That is a huge key to overcoming and controlling our anger. Another note, how about this? Don't just be quick to hear that person out. Be quick to hear the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our guide. He, he helps us while Jesus is away. We've got the Holy Spirit. A lot of you, God is speaking to you on how to handle certain moments in your life. 
But because of the noise in your head and the noise that anger creates, what happens is you can't hear the voice of the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't. Be quick to listen. Number two. Everybody say number two. Another key to controlling anger is this. Be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. I like what Ephesians say. We're going to come back to this later. But Ephesians 4, verse 31, 32, it says this. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, and profane talk. I could, start, I could preach a whole message right there. Be gentle with one another and sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Like, really listen to the person to hear what's happening. Be slow to speak means you aren't thinking about all you're going to say when they're done talking. And that can kind of go to the first one as well. We do it. I, oh, I'm, what I, really tonight, guys, is I'm preaching to myself. Because I do this. Like, if I'm in an argument or if I'm in a conversation, when they're talking, I'm not listening Right? I'm just, I'm waiting for the second they take a break. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment that they stop breathing that I could just insert my thoughts and my words. Right? Like, if you and I get into argument, you better take a deep breath and go for an hour. Because the second you pause to blink, take a breath, or think, I'm on you. Right? That's a problem, guys. That's a problem. I'm not slow to speak. Me and Gio, we're, uh, we were talking about this last night at the prayer meeting. And this is for you too. This is for us. We're, we're dealing with this. Is sometimes when people in drive throughs are not polite, my brother and I are very quick to being spicy back to them. And my number one rule is don't mess with people in the food industry. Don't mess with people that deal with your food because they could do stuff to your food. I'm like, as long as I don't taste it. That's gross. I'm just joking. Be nice to people. But, like, I match their energy. Like, if they be like, well, I go into the drive-thru and say, hi, how are you doing? And they'd be like, what's your order? I'll be like, a number seven. <laughs> you be like, anything else? No. Matter of fact, barbecue sauce, right? Like, I do that. Or, like, if Ariel and I are in an argument, ah, oh, like, I just, like, she's, she's so good at dealing. Guys, pray for her. Like, because she has to deal with me. Sometimes, the second I open up my mouth, I can't stop it. I can't. Who's like that? I can't. Once I get going, there's no stopping me. It's like a, like a snowball downhill. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Then I crash at the end. And then there's Pastor Ariel just like, are you done? And then I'm like, Yes. I'm sorry, right? Like, that's me. We're slow. Well, I'm not slow to speak. God is working on me with this. But being slow to speak means you're going to process your words through a filter before it comes out of your mouth. Some of y'all don't got a filter. Y'all need a filter, a heavy-duty one. Some of y'all... Some of y'all don't just need a filter. You need like a brick wall, okay? Like put a brick wall in front of your mouth and anything that happens to go through the cracks must be from God, okay? But some of us need filters. Some of us don't have a filter or we just forgot it at home. Sometimes when I get in the car, I got my keys, my wallet, my baby, my wife, but I forgot my filter, okay? When you get in your car and you get in traffic, you get on the bus, you get anywhere, check, your, check for your keys, your wallet, 
whoever is there with you and check and make sure you got a filter because we need it. When somebody else doesn't have a filter towards me, it makes me want to take my filter and throw it out the window, right? But fine, you don't have a filter. I refuse to also have a filter. Now we don't have filters. Now there's just a really big mess. Guys, if you don't have a filter in your house, do you know what happens? It's very dusty, very dirty. You're breathing the same air. It's gross. It's nasty. Your house gets really gross. There's like a smell. Your dead skin cells are everywhere. Ew. You got a filter. You're just going to be like snorting all your dead skin cells. It's kind of gross. It's not a good time. You need a filter in your house to keep it clean, to keep it breathable, to breathe. You need, you need a filter in your life and in your mouth. It's going to keep everyone clean. You know, we can spew just, just awful things at people, and, and it's not clean, and it's not God. It's not what Jesus would do. WWJD is not cuss out your neighbor. It's not, don't do that. Or the, or the Starbucks barista that accidentally got your order mixed. People are human. Give them a break. Matter of fact, don't just give them a break. Give them a tip, Okay. Especially a barista at the Target in the hip that wears a red bandana. You should tip her very well. Be slow to speak. Slow to speak means you're going to process your words before they come out. When, I, when my twin and I were little, we had mouths on us. We, had, we got into so much trouble. And normally the trouble that we got into, my older brother got us out of. Right? Thank God for older siblings. You know what I'm saying? You get in trouble. You go, my brother's a senior. Right? My brother's in college. I'm going to call him on you. Right? Like some of y'all do that. Some of y'all did that at some point. You got into a fight. You got into an argument at school. And instead of like backing up what you're going to talk, you like mentioned your brother or your older sibling. I got a cousin that goes to Sturs. Right? And you're like, oh, whoa. Please don't call him. Right? We've all done that. I used to, man, I can tell so many stories, but I won't. But there's so many times that I got into trouble because of my mouth. And if there are moments where I could have just stopped talking, it would have saved me from a lot of hurt and a lot of fights and a lot of beatdowns. But look at, look at what this proverb says. Proverbs 29, verse 22. Look at this. We got that? Yeah. An angry person starts fights. A hot-tempered person commits all kinds of sin. A hot-tempered person commits all sin because they're not in control. When you just start spewing stuff out of your mouth, it's because you're not in control. And that's a problem. Because like I said before, anger doesn't produce anything good. And when you act out in anger, when you don't want to listen to the other person and all you want to do is just spew out curses and vomit and just things that are not going to help the situation. What you're doing is you're bringing destruction to that situation. And you're bringing destruction to that person. And that's not like God. That's not what God has. And, and, and ultimately, it's sin. When you are quick to speak, more than likely what comes out of your mouth isn't going to help the situation. Don't give that. So, I'm talking about a lot of sibling stuff here. But let's say somebody at school that just was having a bad day. Don't give the person or thing the satisfaction of a response. Sometimes the best thing that you can do with your anger is don't even act on it. Don't say anything to them. Don't say a word to them. 
I was at basic training. A guy was having a bad day. He was going through the formation, punched me right in the stomach. I didn't do it. I don't even, I didn't do a single thing to this guy. He just decided to pick the preacher. What did I do? Nothing. Two days later, came up to me crying, apologizing. I'm telling you, when, when you don't respond, what happens is, is it, it, puts, it puts hot coals on their head, the Bible says. When you forgive, when, when you are kind, when you feed your enemies, as the Bible says, it puts hot coals on their head. They're going to think about it. Well, why didn't you say that? Why, why you, it, well, Pastor, Ariel, Pastor Ariel's got a bag of hot coals just for me. And literally yesterday, I wish she was here because I told her, I was like, I've got coals on my head and I'm sorry. She goes, I know. I was like, you can smell it, right? Don't give them the satisfaction of a response. Last, last key, be slow to anger. Slow to anger. You're like, I thought we were talking about anger. We are, dude. Ephesians 4, 26, 27 says, be angry and do not sin. So, so what are you saying, Pastor Izzy? I'm saying scripture says you can be angry and not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to, to the devil. When we are angry, right, and we cause fights, we're giving the devil opportunity. I'm not trying to give him opportunity. What, is, what good is he going to do for me? If I leave the door of my heart open, what, what, what is that going to do for him, for me? It's going to destroy but be angry and do not sin. So being, is being angry a sin? No. But what you do in your anger can be. But what's the root of the issue here? It's not your sibling or your parents being mean. It's sin. That's the root of this. When you're angry, you're angry at the injustice. You're angry at the unfairness. What you're angry at is not that person. You are angry at sin. So be angry at sin. I, I just remember my life being so surrounded by anger. And when I realized that the love of Jesus is the only thing that can release that from me, and I started seeing people the way God sees me, and that is a sinful person, I realized I shouldn't be angry at that person anymore. I should be angry at sin. And I should pray that God would save them and forgive them and release them. You know, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, Jesus says. We don't know what we're doing. We're just doing it. And Jesus was like, fine, I'll handle that. What your siblings do when they're mean, when your parents, it's just sin. So don't fight sin with sin. Don't fight sin with sin. You're like, if they're going to sin at me, I'm going to sin at them. No, that's sin. Stop that. It's not good, guys. It's not good at all. It only destroys. So then how do we fight sin? How about this? Replace feelings of anger with a forgiving heart. Be quick to forgive. I like what it says back in Ephesians 4.31. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. As what? As God in Christ forgave you. God forgave you. You did not deserve it. So the same way that your undeserving self got forgiveness... It should be for the other person. Forgive. Forgive. I almost might do a part two next week for this. The Bible says it's wise to ignore offenses done against you. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 11. I think we have it. It says, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is his glory to overlook 
an offense. There's glory in that. It, it honors God. Somebody's saying, let it roll off the shoulder. When we engage in that, man, it's only going to bring destruction. Some of us here tonight, um, I'm looking at the clock, but Pastor Jason, if you could just help me real quick. This is going to be really quick because I want to honor your time. Some of you are so angry, and, and, and you've been carrying it for a while now. I was in my office today, and I felt the Holy Spirit talk to me about a certain group of people in here that you've been carrying anger at God because of an unanswered prayer. And I wept a little bit because I remember when my dad died, for years I was angry, so angry at God. How could you do this to me? I didn't even get to really know him. He didn't get to be my friend. He was just my dad. I, and, and I didn't know I was running out of time. And then he's just gone. And I just carrying this anger towards God because I felt like he played me. I felt like he abandoned me. I felt like he took from me. He stole from me. He stole years that I was supposed to have. He didn't get to meet my wife. He, didn't get, he doesn't get to meet my daughter. And I would lie to you today if I said that every other day there's moments where I get angry again. I'm like, oof. He'll never get to see her. His first granddaughter. And I sit there and, I, and this anger boils up. And I just remember this verse that every time I think about it, it releases me. It says, he makes all things work together for the good. I don't know how the death of my father is good. But if you say so, then I believe it. I believe it. And it wasn't years later when they put a United States Army patch on me and I got to wear a uniform that I finally realized what made it good. Because of my father's death and his now resurrection in heaven, it set me on a course that has changed my life to where I wanted to honor him, honor my earthly father and my heavenly father and the man that I am today would not be anyone, I wouldn't be who I am today without my father dying. That's crazy to say. If you would have said that to me before, I would have punched you in your face. I would have been slow to, to everything and quick to hit you. How? God, I'm so angry at you. How could you do this to me? I want you to know that God didn't do that. I want you to know that God's, God's will for your life isn't to hurt you, to destroy you. It's to love you. And it's unfortunate that you and I live in a sinful world. God didn't kill my dad. Diabetes did. Why am I angry at God? I think it's so easy for us to blame God right away. Because he's this big, powerful man in the sky. And he could have done something. Why didn't you do something, we say? Why? The Bible says things like, God says, my thoughts aren't your thoughts and my ways aren't your ways. And I said, God, you know what? I don't, I don't know what good is going to come from this, but, but I know someday I'm going to look back and I'll say, I get it now. I get it now. And I'm here standing before you today as a man who has dealt with anger towards people, towards God, and towards myself. 
that when I decided to release it, when I decided to say, God, I don't want to be angry anymore. It's done nothing but bad for me. I need you to take this from me. God replaced my anger with his grace, with his mercy, with his peace that surpasses all understanding. And day after day after day, I have to choose not to be angry. It's a choice that you and I have to make a decision for every day. God, I choose you today. I choose you. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just really feel like we need to take this moment. I just really feel like you need to take this moment. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Izzy, I'm so angry. I'm so angry that every time I think about it, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I just kind of sit there with my fist balled up. And sometimes I get so angry. I can't think. I can't eat. Sometimes, Pastor Izzy, I get so angry I can't sleep. I'm so angry, and I don't know what to do with it anymore, and it's hurting myself, it's hurting people, it's hurting my friends, it's hurting my family, and God, I just know tonight, you want to help me, I just need you to do it. If you're here, and you say, I don't want to be angry anymore, I need, I need God's help. I need God's help to not make me, to help me not be angry anymore, to help control it. If that's you, I just want you to slip up your hand. And put it right back down. Is that anybody? I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Say, hey, I deal with anger. I deal with that. Maybe you're here tonight and I see those hands. Awesome. You know what that means, everyone? It means you're not alone. It means there's, there's, there's multiple people in the room that is in the same position as you. Maybe you're here tonight. You feel like God's angry at you. God's not angry at you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to help you. He wants to be your friend. If he's angry at anyone or anything, it's at the enemy and it's at sin. And he realized that in his anger towards sin, he had to do something about it. So he sent his perfect son to be born. He sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life, which made him the perfect candidate to hold all of the weight of the world's sin on his shoulders. He died on a cross for you and I so that God wouldn't take his anger out on us. He took it out on Jesus on the cross. So now every time he sees you, he sees his son, Jesus. But that gift only comes from believing that Jesus died on the cross and on the third day was resurrected and that he sits seated at the right hand of the Father today in heaven. God's not angry at you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Izzy, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. This is my first time here, and I would kind of like to know more about what it means to be a Christian. I kind of want to know what it, what it means to do this church thing. Why, why do you guys lift your hands? Why do you do what you do? Why are you up there crying and screaming? I want to give you that opportunity tonight to know who Jesus is because he wants to know you. So if you're here tonight and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I want to, with no one looking around, can you just, just slip up your hand and put it right back down? Slip up your hand, put it right back down. I see that hand. I see that hand there. I see that hand there. 
Is there anybody else? Maybe you just want more answers. You just want to know more. You want to follow Jesus. Awesome. Let's do this. Let's stand to our feet. And I want to give you guys, I know it's 830, but y'all hang around till 9 anyway. So I'm, I'm going to unapologetically do this for you. If you need to leave, leave. That's, that's, amen. Go do that. Go get merch. Go do all that. But if I can have my leaders spread out across the front here. It's easy for us to lift our hands because we're dealing with something. That's the easy part. The part that takes bravery that I know you can do is if you are dealing with anger towards God, if you're dealing with anger in general, these people right here want to pray with you, want to pray for you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do an informal dismissal. That's what I'm going to call it. You want to head out, go hang out, go play battleships, go do that. But if you're serious about letting go of that anger, if you're serious about getting right with God, if you're serious about forgiving the people that have hurt you and releasing the anger that you've carried for years, months, weeks, days, these people want to pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity to respond. So I'm going to pray. And if you raise your hand to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like, hey, I raise my hand because I want to know who Jesus is. If you can, meet me and some of the leaders over there by the table. I want to answer your questions. I want to give you a Bible. I want to pray for you and help answer any questions that you have when it comes to being a Christian, what it means to follow Jesus. But let me pray for you. If you could have every head bowed and eyes closed, Lord, I just feel like you want to take a moment to pray for us to pray and, and respond to this message and let go of the things that have been haunting us, this, this anger that we've been carrying that has done nothing but harm to us. I pray, Father, that you would uh, help these, these students uh, be brave and courageous and step out and come and get prayed for and, and, and have a dialogue with you on how to release the hurt, the pain that causes this anger, God. So tonight, Father, let your peace that surpasses all understanding flood this altar space as we pray for those students, as we talk to those students that just need help in this area. And Lord, for the students that raise their hands because they want a relationship with you, God, let your Holy Spirit come upon them. Pray, Father, that they would See that you love them, that you care for them, that you want to be there for them like nobody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you got to go, awesome. You guys can go. You are now dismissed. But if you would like prayer, if you would like to talk to somebody about some of the things that's going on in your life, I want to encourage you. All these smiling faces want to pray for you, want to talk to you. Don't forget family night. Don't forget momentum. I'll see you guys next week. God bless. If you need prayer, come on down to the front.